everyone. Thanks for tuning into Power Athlete Radio, featuring the crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 all-star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. Hey, welcome to another episode of Power Athlete Radio, the premier podcast of strength conditioning, where faces get melted, hearts get broken, and bombs of knowledge get dropped. Boom, Sonic. Boom. Nah, we're bringing you Power Athlete Radio. What's happening, Mr. McQuilkin? A lot. Lots? Like, oh, yeah. What do you mean, like, lots? Well, I mean, 2021 is winding down. And we've been spending a lot of time on some awesome projects to give to our people. Is it like the one with, like, Brass again and their lead singer? That, <laughs> no. Did you see that? That's a very hot topic uh, you're very interested in. I'm just kind of interested on how a fan gets peed on on stage. Okay, I've had a beer can that said she called him up and she peed on him. It's kind of weird. Kind of? No, that's weird. Uh, I don't know. You know what? In 2021, I, I'm literally not surprised by anything. Like, I don't think that things can get any weirder than they are now. Well, we I know just the wa- origin of COVID, too. I, I just watched uh, the closing arguments of the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial where the def- prosecution argued that because he was more well-armed than the attackers, he did not have the right to defend himself. So somebody tries to kill you with a skateboard, per se. I'm not saying that anybody did. But somebody attacks you with a skateboard, you pull the gun and shoot them. You can't shoot them because you have a better weapon. So now we're basically gauging self-defense on like, what the weapon is, which is extremely slippery slope because think about how many women are attacked and use a weapon in self-defense being like, well, he had a broomstick and you had a gun. Obviously, you can't defend yourself. Uh, like absolute travesty. I mean, the the idea of like your body, you know, your uh, right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the right to defend yourself against acts of tyranny and violence, whatever. I mean, that's like the basis of our constitution. And to hear that prosecutor skirting that and pretty much, and then he takes the gun out Shoulders it, aims it at the at the jury with his finger on the trigger. Obviously, there's no bullets in there, but like, talk about fucking just blatant disregard for firearm safety, like complete fucking clown show. So that was what I observed in my day on the internet, and saw some chick peeing on a dude's face, and a complete travesty of justice by a terrible fucking prosecutor. I don't think you should get spend time there anymore. Nah, I do. We got other stuff to worry about. We got remote coaching. We got this, and we got to discuss austere training programs and its origins. Very much so. And let's get into it. The The purpose of our podcast here is to focus on the value of austere training. Hey, Power Athlete Nation. If you enjoyed this podcast and you're interested in supporting Power Athlete and getting involved with Power Athlete, myself and the crew here in Austin and in the global network, you can do it a few different ways. You can link on shop.powerathletehq.com. You can buy merch, you know, be the hammer, Uh, Move the Dirt, all the really amazing merchandise that we put together. And we're going to have a bunch of cool stuff coming up here at the end of the year for Black Friday uh, that's going to blow your mind. We also have the best training programs in the game. I think the most efficient, most powerful, uh, well-thought-out, elegant programs that you will find. We're easy to get a hold of. Just go to powerathletehq.com, look for training. It's going to take you over to our best-in-class partner, Train Heroic, where you can look at Jack Street. If you're just trying to put on thick gobs of muscle and you want to get jacked as fuck, Jack Street's your program. We got Field Strong, 
train like an athlete, allow us to foster and develop athleticism. That's really our flagship program for trying to make athletes more athletic. We got Bedrock, that beginner program. We got Grindstone for those of you guys that are in the fight, need a flexible program that lives with you. If you're still into getting your face melted by the dirtiest, nastiest, saltiest wads on the planet, check out Johnny Wad. You're looking for a little bodybuilding, check out Johnny Bod. And if you're looking for a program, if you're in a situation where you go in harm's way, you're looking to kick in doors and take names and break hearts and all that good stuff, check us out at Hammer, the Holistic Athlete Movement Readiness Program that was developed uh, with some of the baddest dudes on the planet. So you can check us out in the programs. If you are interested in getting involved in the Block One Network with Power Athlete, you can first check out academy.powerathletehq.com. You can check out our methodology. And if you want to go that Block One track, travel out here to Austin and prove that you are composed of the metal that we're looking for to be in our Block One Network. So we're easy to get a hold of. You can support us in any way. So if you uh, are enjoying this podcast and really like this content, Find a way to get involved. Giving you a couple different options. We're looking forward to seeing you. Thanks. Yeah. And we want to lay down the foundation, a steer. Uh, what does that mean to you, John? So a steer is defined as a severe or strict in manner or attitude. Uh, living conditions or a way of life, having no creature comforts, no luxuries, harsh and very, very just plain and basic. It's just extremely plain, simple and lifestyle and appearance. So a steer just means like, I imagine, uh, like when I think of the word a steer, I think standing out in like Joshua tree. So I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have traveled in California much, but there's an area in California, it's called Joshua tree. Um, there's a, you know, you two has a album called Joshua tree if you're really interested in it, but it's these bitching protected trees in California and there's Johnson Valley and that whole area of Joshua tree, uh, that we would stop in on our way to mammoth. And like when you're standing out in death Valley in that whole area, like there's nothing around a steer is what I think of in those environments. Yeah. You're out in an uneven environment. You got limited to zero equipment. Sure. But you have such an opportunity to discover and move and still train. Well, uh, this was a challenge presented to us when we uh, went into contracting to develop a program for the 18th Airborne Corps. Mm-hmm. So we were tasked with not only developing a style of training for 90,000 troops, but they also needed an austere training program so that they could continue to follow a power athlete training system while deployed, while in you know awful places, whether it be in Korea, Afghanistan, with limited equipment, limited resources in just the most remote places on earth. And that challenge of being tasked with creating that program ended up leading into what we put out as third monkey, mm-hmm. which we put out for free during when uh, the lockdowns for uh, COVID happened because all of a sudden gyms are getting locked down. People aren't leaving to their houses. People still need to train. Uh, and we felt that we should just launch the third monkey program. And I like the term third monkey because, you know, the uh, age old, like you got to fight like you're the third monkey getting on the arc. And it just started to rain. So we had that uh, program sitting on the shelf and didn't really know how to necessarily push it out into the commercial market. And when COVID happened, we were like, man, let's give this program away. Let's get people into this and show people that they can continue to train with, you know, less than 50 bucks spent at your less at your local home Depot or your lo- local, uh, um, home repl- or home, uh, improvement, in, ho- sorry, home improvement store or something that could be done with uh, ammo cans, mm-hmm. uh, a, a rucksack, uh, you know, body armor, which would, it was really designed for. Yeah, and it, it, it was an awesome program 
in that, man, we got to have some fun and get creative. And we had a very short window planned for this. So we had some fun with the workouts, but the lockdowns continued. So then we had to put our thinking caps on and be like, okay, this is no longer a short period of time. Well, we were program. We were workouts. Told, what was it? Two to three weeks to flatten uh-huh. the curve, and now it's turned into a couple of years. To, yeah. So uh, well, then we were able to now. Okay, let's fucking power athlete this thing up. Go to lean on our different approaches, power athlete training principles, and then let's get real creative to challenge movement with nothing more than an eighty-pound bucket of concrete, a couple cinder blocks. Or, you know, whatever awkward, weird objects you got hanging around in the basement. Well, uh, I'd like to channel my inner Colonel Troutman with these programs. And one of my favorite quotes from Rambo's First Blood was, A man who's been trained to ignore pain, ignore weather, to live off the land, to eat things that would make a billy goat puke. That is the motivation. Like, I want... Heavy, hard, awkward, uh, difficult implements, things that are fabricated. I think I've told the story years ago. We were in Colorado, and uh, or in the early days of the CrossFit football seminar, I used to give people an assignment to go home and to write a week of training, and then they would come back and present it. And you know, if people were smart, they'd just go, cross, you know, copy CrossFit football and then bring it back to me, and I'd be like, "Oh, look how genius this guy is! You're so smart." On occasion, people would go outside the box and actually put some thought and time into it. Some of it was god-awful. We were in Australia, and uh, they had some uh, rugby league, or sorry, uh, Aussie rules guys that had taken the seminar, and they went in all this NSAM, build an aerobic base, and this, and this classic periodization template. And I thought that the rugby league, rugby union, uh, Aussie guys were going to fucking fight these dudes over their programming because we had been using kind of a, a mixed modal um you know, uh, combining multiple energy systems, you know, the only periodization was kind of based on intensity and volume, not necessarily classic, like, oh, I'm going to do endurance and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and layer it in different ways. So uh, the other one was a seminar we taught in Colorado and this guy basically turned in this program and as I'm reading it, I'm like, bullshit, like this is my guy, he's going to present it. So all of a sudden I give him a chance to write this whole thing up and the guy tells a story, he goes, um, um, I'm a, a carpet installer by trade mm-hmm. and I got hired to uh, coach this inner city school that hadn't won like a game in 20 years. So he goes, I, I go in, I'm going to coach. We start with strength conditioning program and we had zero equipment. So he's like, I was able to get somebody to sew these bags for the carpets that I had these huge carpet rolls. And then I went down to the junkyard and I bought a, you know, Chevy 350 blocks and all these different, you know, axles and all these pieces of a thing. He took a shitty stick welder and he stick welded handles on the on the uh, uh, engine blocks, handles on uh, all the implements, and basically designed a strength conditioning program based off of carpet rolls mm-hmm. and stuff that he got at the junkyard. And it was like heavy carry, heavy hinge, heavy, you know, uh, walking lunges. It was everything that we do <clears throat> within a power athlete program, X, Y, and Z axis push pull different you know planes of motion um, and rotation and he was using carpet rolls and shit you got from the junkyard mm-hmm. as he got to, as he as he's presenting this like all of a sudden I got this like uh, like like almost like a feeling like of uh, like I don't know like just a, a strange feeling like a a humbling feeling like I like I was being humbled uh you know, like 
in real time. Whereas, you know, I, I taught so many of these seminars and played and done this. And I realized that here was this guy that had taken the cross of football knowledge and had done exactly what I'd always intended people to do, which is find a way to implement it with whatever circumstance you have. Mm-hmm. And I was, I even said to him, I was like, man, I, uh, um, I literally brought you up here cause I was going to try to land base you. And I feel uh, humbled and more importantly, uh, like this fucking big and dude, you're casting a huge shadow and this is fucking amazing. And what had been wild is he went and he worked with those kids and they ended up winning games and going on and being a very, very successful program on the back of his work ethic and his creative creativity. He wasn't limited by, Hey, we don't have any money. No problem. I'll figure this out. Uh, you shouldn't do this. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. And that was probably the greatest expression I found of cross of football power athlete. And when we started sitting down to write this austere program, those were the lessons that I took that, you know, power athletes, uh, you know, the, the blueprint of athleticism and, you know, the ability to seamlessly and effortlessly combine primal movement patterns through space to accomplish no, a known and novel task. There's no actual movements in there, but we do know movement, the ability to seamlessly and effortlessly combine primal movement patterns through space. So how you challenge those primal movement patterns through space is really just, you know, limited by your creativity and what you have access to. And I think we've seen this really manifest in Third Monkey and the Austere Training Program. Yeah, and that's that was the essence of what we're doing with the course, is to train or teach people movement, the understanding, that blueprint, the, and encourage you to get creative will this, with this. And then most importantly, this is your opportunity to, whether it's personally within yourself or your athletes, your children, train resilience. Well... The you bring up an interesting point. Like I, I've hated this term resilience for years. Um, every time that I get hired to do a gig for NSW, it was always like, "Oh, we're we're teaching resilience," and it felt like just something that the government wanted to see on a piece of paper as a means that like they were doing something to help. And uh, I taught a gang of these resiliency seminars, and what it really taught me was. You know, resiliency isn't necessarily something that's taught in the confines of, a, um, you know, a lobby of the Ritz-Carlton. Uh, it's not taught at, uh, you know, uh, in Hawaii at the Disney Hotel. Uh, resilience um, is like a mix of like strength, capacity, and tenacity. And unfortunately, there's no easy way to build strength and muscle. I mean, hard work's the only way I know. And unfortunately, it's really easy to... Limit yourself based upon, well, I don't have access to this, Mm -hmm. so I can't work hard. Um, You know, if you take hard work and you couple that with consistency, like you can build the type of physique, the type of muscle, you can build the type of performance that you're necessarily looking for. And then, you know, there's been, man, since we've been doing this, everybody has tried to secret squirrel this training program. Um, And and we've gotten questions, hey, like, how do I periodize this? What if I mix this and this and this? And I tell people that like, it doesn't matter what program you follow, that if you want to create a strong, durable individual that has, you know, uh, like, you know, perfect application, max power, you have to be able to put that into like, like a vehicle of like hard work consistency. And like, there's no way to, to go around that. There's no way to like, uh, replace hard work with fancy equipment. There's no way to replace hard work with like periodization and this and all this other stuff. At the end of the day, like I don't know how to 
make people perform at the highest level, put on the most amount of muscle, reach their goals without fucking hard work and consistency and effort. Mm-hmm. And with this, the, the cool thing about the, the austere training is we're tapping into the hard work through the creativity of these movements. So if it's an odd object like a tire or a freaking, um, I mean, sandbag, D-ball, uh, we're going li- to film some demos tomorrow with a giant axle yep. that you got, John. So where it's, okay, there's no easy way to lift those things. It's not a beautiful, balanced barbell or amazing iron grid dumbbells with Power Athlete logo. It, it's something that's weird. So I'm going to f- be forced into a position to move with intention. That is hard work. So focusing on the fundamentals, executing it to the best of my abilities, and moving object from point A to point B as well as I can or as quickly as I can. But still the effort to do so, even if it is not perfect, goes a long way. And, I mean, that is training in a nutshell. That is hard work in a nutshell. Well, I mean, uh, like what's the end game? Like what are you trying to do, you know, with the hard work? Is it, uh, you know, forge a strong back? create a strong set of hands? Are you basically training to be able to survive the the heavy load that life brings you? Um, I had a guy ask me recently, uh, why is it that hard work builds like results in strength and muscle? And uh, I, you know, I got back to one of the key components of our academy, the said principle, mm-hmm. specific adaptation to impose demands. The body reacts to the demands placed upon it. If the demand is heavy and hard, the body will react to that stimulus. Couple that with, you know, things like a high protein diet and recovery and, you know, interesting training bouts and like, man, you can like sharpen a dangerous tool. Um, on the other side of that, if the demands placed in the body are soft and require no effort, the body will adapt to that stimulus, which is what we've seen. Oh, yeah. And so what's fascinating, too, is the body will adapt to whatever you give it. It's kind of like, I mean, honestly, uh, if you look at the Grand Canyon, you have to remember that water cut that Grand Canyon over time and just time again like there was no uh instance of just like an explosion or whatever that was like time and erosion and that's that consistency if that water continues to run it's consistent it'll cut a deep deep canyon so um the other one as i was writing some of this stuff for austere training i went back and pulled out some stuff that zach evanesh had sent me from like dr ken lesner and ken lesner was a strength coach live i think it was long island and was just an absolute crazy person. I'd heard about him and I'm disappointed. I didn't get, get to go train in this place because uh, Zach Evanesh sent me some CDs of his training and I'm fucking sick. I didn't get out there. He since passed away. Um, but he made a, a, a list and said, uh, the majority of trainees never make progress uh, that they're looking for because they did not train as hard as possible was one. Two, they did not believe that the program can be, that they were following was effective. And it appeared too limited in terms of sets, reps, and numbers. Three, they will not train as hard as possible. Four, they lack confidence in their ability to gain muscle and strength. That there was a, a, a almost like a mental lock that people put on their bodies by believing that they could not gain strength or muscle. And then number five was they will not train as hard as possible. Mm-hmm. And he said that you have to force and dare your body to get bigger and stronger. Um, there's a, 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 I found a really cool quote by a guy named Edward or sorry, uh, Robert Edgren. And he made a, a pretty amazing quote that I've used on the regular. It seems more regular than, uh, than, uh, lately than in the past, but strength is where you find it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you think about the austere training program, 
that is probably the greatest line for it. Strength is where you find it. So strength is not something that just, you know, is lying around. You go pick it up on accident. You have to go out. You have to craft it. And that steer program, what it does is it allows it to be found in places that you would not look for it. And you're only limited by your creativity. You're only limited by what you what you can create and build and have access to. I mean, think about, uh, you know, in the turn of the century when you didn't have Amazon and Rogue and Sornex and all these equipments. Facebook you, Marketplace. Facebook Marketplace. If you go back and you go to, uh, you know, if you guys go out to Sornex and you go out and visit Sornex's uh, museum of uh, strength Physical culture. A physical culture. Dude, you see a bunch of homemade equipment because unfortunately... That was all that there was. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, I mean, there were certain jobs that uh, benefited people that were physically cultured. You know, uh, iron workers, steel workers, union pipe or uh, pipe fitters and welders and people that actually worked with their hands. I remember uh, Roger Loyo, uh, you know, good friend and, you know, union pipe fitter and welder, uh, who's one of the guys that got me into welding. When he came on the job as a young 18-year-old kid, uh, they had a bunch, you know, these big pipe fitters would have to set these huge pipes and then turned these, uh, you know, huge like uh, um, nuts and bolts with uh, these massively long wrenches. Like they didn't have hydraulics and whatever, so they would set these huge fittings, you know, and bolt them together, and then they had to set them with uh, with these huge wrenches. And Roger said, "Dude, every one of these guys just had massive forearms and massive hands." That he said the type of hands where you would like go to shake their hand, and it felt like you were shaking like you know God or Zeus's hands. So he said that, you know, these dudes, that was how they set all these pipes. And that's all they did was move these. And he said these guys were huge, big, thick physiques and were just extremely durable, tough men because that's the job that was required of them. Mm -hmm. So there's something to be said about that physical culture and what was wild. uh, And and I I picked up a book. uh, I think Zach recommended it, but it was from like 1925. And uh, the same... Uh, problems that we see today in terms of like laziness and the lack of evolution and almost like a de-evolution due to lack of physical culture. This individual in 1925, 100 years ago, was talking about the exact same thing, that people were lazy, they didn't work hard. But yet we look back in this, you know, uh, in antiquity and in history and think, oh, everybody was way tougher than us. People are so soft. But this has been happening for a long time. And uh, the guy made a really good point. He said, a man that allows his body a.k.a. his machinery, to rust through due to lack of use has no more chance of realizing his full strength potential than a tree uh, that has grown if it was planted in a place that got no sunlight. And he goes, the reason why people admire a strong man is that strength is very uncommon. Out of a thousand men, uh, maybe a couple hundred uh, will be you know bigger and stronger uh, maybe uh, uh, you know a half dozen will be really really fit, and maybe just one man in a thousand will have tremendous strength and something that sets him apart from his fellow man. And the idea that you know, like I mean, look at little boys. Look at uh, you know when we first started lifting weights, everybody wanted to compare numbers. There's something inherent within our culture to compare strength and to be able to measure yourself against others as, as in terms of strength numbers, mm-hmm. whether it be size, muscle, whatever it is. I mean, this has existed long before the internet and long before Instagram or any of the social networks came on that strength has always been coveted and it will always be coveted. So you either have the opportunity to go out and start, you know, forging, you know, uh, you know, forging the vessel you're looking for. The problem is not everybody has access to everything. Fuck that. 
It doesn't matter. It, yeah. The reason being is in Dr. Ken Leisner, when I was re- reading his list, there was no nothing in there about, you know, you have to do squat, you have to deadlift, you have to do this, and barbells. and the, Like, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. It was hard work. It was consistency. And it was confidence that you have the ability to get bigger and stronger. Yeah, to build off one of the pieces of the, the, the 1920s quote, to realize your potential. So we still dive into the, the blueprint of athleticism, squat, lunge, and step up. But we understand you have limited equipment. So now we introduce and teach you the different changes and manipulations in your setup that then don't require all the load necessary that is with the barbell. While we still value and love the barbell for optimal driving adaptation, now we're away from the weights. So it's changing the foot position. It's changing the loading position. Heavier it is, it's going to be closer to your body. If I have lighter loads, I can hold it farther away from my body and still squat, step, lunge, and do all those things and get drive, still drive adaptation necessary, whether it's muscle growth or coordination or fatigue, whatever the uh, reps and sets, we dive into that a little bit as well. But the specific foot positions, that's one of my favorite parts to to write because then we get to get creative and explore and then have you realize your limitations. So it's not just a matter of progressing by adding weights in there. We put you in a position by manipulating your foot positions to feel where you are weak. So it's active foot position. It's staggered foot position. A lot of the cool stuff that is is given in programs like Field Strong and Jack Street, it's just minus the barbell. Sure. Now it's an awkward load somewhere positioned on your body. But if you're having Achilles issues or you were unaware of those, there's nowhere to hide from these. So foot tensegrity, to steal a Matt Zanis term, and as we mentioned with Travis Mash on the podcast uh, yesterday, which will be coming out Friday, hey the uh, the value of increasing the 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 structure on the Achilles. So the the I'm trying to create the proper term. I forget what Travis said it was. Uh, well, it was um, increasing density, 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 and rigidity. Rigidity, and, yes, yeah. So I mean, there's this idea that uh, over time tendons develop thickness and strength, mm-hmm. and uh, isometric contractions, eccentric loads. Uh, you know, the the problem though is the tendons grow at a much less rate than the muscles. Mm-hmm. That's why you'll see like guys that take a ton of uh, drugs that get strong real quick end up having a lot of tendon issues because the muscles become stronger than the tendons, and now all of a sudden the tendons now. You could argue that a few different ways and say, hey, you know, is it that the muscles get too strong and pull the tendons apart or is something not happening in the body? And, you know, muscles are meant to absorb load. Tendons Mm -hmm. are not designed to absorb load. They're designed to connect muscles together. Uh, Ligaments connect bones to muscles. Uh, Ligaments are bone to bone. Oh, that's right. Ligaments are bone to bone. Tendons are muscles to bone. Correct. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that correction, Mr. McWilkin. And. Uh, so with, with that as well, as loads are limited. We understand that. So this is an opportunity. If I'm away from my yeah, normal environment, but we can. But even if the loads are limited, we're finding ways to make them heavy. Right. That's, that's what yeah. I'm getting at. So it's still focusing on and finding your limitations. We're still focusing on muscle strength development, but also it's an added value within the focus on the tendon health. So some of the, the positions that we uh, manipulate – are finding limitations, and I write it into the course, this is what I want you to explore and feel. And if you're away, I mean, your best coach is also your cell phone. So you're going to see different things, and I point out in the course, avoid this, this is what to look for, 
this is what to feel for. And so it essentially it switches on and you unlock some of your potential within there. And then another cool thing that we go into is specific muscle contractions to target. Mm. Say I am again limited in load. I can now target and manipulate how I'm moving to drive still adaptation. Well, we can also pre-fatigue using isometric contractions. It's all in We can use eccentrics. So, I mean, it's really using some pretty fascinating approaches to this deal. And I'll tell you, you know, what's wild is if you look at some of the, like, as I was doing a little bit of research on a steer training, there's folklore around certain groups of individuals because of the austere nature in which they live and trained. Like, uh, look at, like, the uh, Spartans of ancient Greece, right? Like, you look at, like, you know, uh, even though... Uh, Gerard the, Butler, yeah. The, yeah, looks the great. Movie, <laughs> the movie 300 was extremely was a fucking amazing movie. Uh, I'm a huge fan. But um, having, you know, obviously I've discussed, you know, being a rhetoric major and a classics major, we studied a lot of like the Spartan writings and a lot of the writings about the agogi came from other people outside the Spartans. So it's just pretty fascinating, like the austere nature in which they raised those kids, how they were taken from their mothers at a young age and basically given a burlap sack to live in and slept on the floor and, you know, were taught to steal food. And if they were caught, they were beaten, but they weren't basically punished for stealing uh, just the austere nature in which they were raised. And the idea that uh, you could only be a citizen under service and basically serving in the army. Mm-hmm. So you had to be a warrior to be a, a citizen. And, you know, they took slaves and it was just really fascinating culture, but like there's something that they prized higher than others was an austere nature. Uh, the other ones were like, like the Shaolin monks, you know, you'll see these uh, pictures or videos of these guys like standing underneath a waterfall, you know, ice cold water, you know, just basically not even flinching and, you know, sleeping on the floor doing, you know, a thousand finger tip pushups. I mean, like the austere nature of their training. I mean, you know, you don't see any Shaolin in there hooked up to EMS. You don't see, you know, any weights. I mean, uh, and anybody that was a fan of like, you know, Kung Fu theater, like I was as a kid, uh, the austere nature of the training was always very apparent. So if you look at all of these different groups, you know, that have survived the legends, uh, it's always an austere life and austere training programs and just an austere uh, existence that allowed them to really survive. I mean, it's, it's written through history. So my thing is take your place in history, fucking log into third monkey, you know, uh, uh, take the course, go through and learn something that, uh, you know, the fallacy of like, you know, strength's only found at the gym. Strength is where you find it, and you can find it here better than anywhere. And it also builds a level of resilience, a level, a level of mental toughness. I mean, all you got to do is uh, click on the Third Monkey hashtag on Instagram and see some of the spots where Third Monkey was being executed, the training programs during COVID. Uh, we got our boy Patrick on the on the stoop of his, uh, you know, of his house, you know, doing a bunch of, you know, lunges and this and cinder blocks and all the other different stuff. And, uh, I mean, when the dude showed up, he was in fucking good shape, man. He, he looked like he'd been doing the steer training programs. Mm-hmm. So I think there's something to benefit from it. And I think uh, everybody needs to get a little bit back. And it takes us back to the stories that we've told over the years about field strong. You know, field training being, you know, country strong, field strong. That's that level of training and strength that only comes from, you know, working with your hands, cutting down trees. Like a little bit of like what we do here at the block one. We take guys through it. Yeah, and it, it's it's written in the realm of where we're speaking to the athlete, you as an individual, with this opportunity to get out of the, the normal confines of your space 
and truly challenge yourself as an individual. Like if you're training out there alone, you know if you hit all the reps or you stopped or you gave in. And this is this opportunity to, okay, I'm going to try this creative way to learn something about myself, whether it's physically or mentally. I also encourage if you're in a high school training environment like our boy Jim Davis, who's running over 2,000 kids a day through some form of strength and conditioning, if you're forced with some limitation that's put upon you from the district, the school, where you got to shut down and take away, and those kids continue to play or come back and right into games, those tendons, they're certainly at risk for the forces that the kids are going to try to go to. So this is an excellent tool to continue to train your athletes with limited resources. Manipulating the setup, the execution, and then the end results, you get more athletic kids that just don't need this perfect, beautiful weight room to be a badass motherfucker. Yeah. No, I mean, we go back to our buddy in Denver, man. I mean, those kids got strong with uh, Chevy 350 blocks with handles welded on them and carpet rolls. So uh, don't believe that strength and all this stuff is somehow found in – you know, the, you know, the rocks, iron palace, you know, with all the best equipment and the best stuff, like sometimes the grittiest, dirtiest, you know, basement gyms produce some of the strongest, baddest dudes on the planet. And it has, you know, for years, you know, it, it, like look at Rocky four. I mean, Great. you want to talk about a steer training, example. you know, when Rocky said, Hey, uh, you know, we're going to Russia in the middle of the winter, give me a log cabin. He's running through the mountains, chopping down trees. Like if you want to see what a steer training is, go to YouTube look up Rocky four training montage and you'll see a little bit of what an steer training program looks like. And then, you know, Rocky shows up at what? 155 pounds, you know, what's Ivan Drago six, four, he had to stand in a box, but what a great fucking movie that is. Well, I'll tell you this, John, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but Stallone went back to the editing room for the 1985 and he just came out with like literally this week, a director's cut of Rocky four. Oh God. Uh huh. So brand new. <sighs> Rocky Charles, Ford. put that on the uh, put that on the calendar. Rocky versus Drago, amazing. And you know what's better? He probably had so much footage that he was able to make an entirely new movie. That's that's what some of these reviews are saying. And then, like Creed two, he must have been an advisor on that because Creed two like plays in some of this story. Well, what's and they have the film of Drago's. So like, what's wild backstory. is it is within the movies. I think they write a script. And they go and they film it. And then once they get into the editing room, they start to like, you know, maybe, and I don't know if this happens, but you hear it all too often where, you know, actors will be like, they basically cut the movie into a script that we didn't read. Oh, yeah. And so I I imagine they film so much, you know, and then they get in and they cut a story. It's kind of like when we did uh, Hard Knocks for HBO. They filmed a ton of stuff and they went and built storylines that didn't exist because they felt that it was good for TV. And, like, they made people heroes and this. And I was like, fuck, I don't even remember that kid. How the fuck was that kid the best kid in training camp? And that's just, you know, they're trying to, you know, get eyeballs on it. And that's what happens. But I trust Stallone's guidance on this one. Well, he wrote the damn thing. I know. I know. I Like, dude, I uh, Stallone rocks. I mean, his, dude, uh, Cliffhanger and, like, uh, The Professional. I mean, so many good movies. So I'm I'm a fan. Yeah, uh, very much and he's a great writer. Like, you remember that uh, IndyCar racing movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Driven, I believe it's called. Yeah. It was good. He wrote that? He wrote that and started it. Uh, you know, the idea that uh, his name was Joe. 
You don't think Joe is Joe Poncho. No, what was his last name? Joe, look it up. Joe. Yeah, Joe Tonto. And I know that he did uh, He did this thing where, uh, and, and I, I love it, when he gets out there and the guy gives him quarters and he takes off, he like stops and he throws the quarters and he basically is doing like a slide and picking up the quarter in the back wheel. I remember and, that. And so like the guy's going through it and he's like, what's that noise? He goes, he's humming. And the guy's like, and I, I think the chick's like, anybody else hum like that? He's like, not living. <laughs> like, like <laughs> It's great writing. <laughs> it was I love it. And then he picks up all the quarters and uh, just was like, he starts humming. And the guy, she's like, does any other drive do that? And he's like, not living. And it was such a good line. So yeah, Joe Tonto. Driven or Rush? Uh, Driven is the name of the movie. Yeah, what was that? Rush? Uh, I like Driven. Who, who's the kid? who Rush is based on a true story. In, no, not in Driven. No, Rush is based off a yeah. true story. Driven, it's uh, it's Sunshine from Remember the Titans. Yeah. He did two movies, and he's like, I-, I peaked. I'm out. I can't do better than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, well, okay. Uh, where am I at? Writer. So we got Rocky. Two movies I never heard of. One called Fist, Paradise Alley, Rocky Two. This is in uh, chronological order or whatever date. Sure, we know. Rocky Three, about. First Blood, Staying Alive, Rhinestone, you Rambo. See- Dude, the Rocky minute, Four, dude, Cobra, the minute that over you, the top, the minute Rambo that you three. got to Rambo, or the minute you got to First Blood, we didn't even need to go. But now you give me Cobra, and you give me Rambo Three, and what else? Rocky Five, Rocky Five, Cliffhanger, Cliff. Driven, Rocky Balboa, Rambo. That's the fourth one, which is fucking awesome. Expendables, hey, yeah, Expendables Two, Homefront. Didn't see that one, and he got a credit for Creed Two, mm. Expendables Three, and Rambo Last Blood. Uh, I did like that, uh, the one where he was like the boatman. Yeah, dude. Dude, fantastic. <sighs> dude, he just sat, he like builds, just forges up that savage like machete knife and just cutting dudes' heads in half. Well, what do you think he was doing to get all that jacked austere when he's just a boatman in the middle of uh, you know, uh, the only, Asia? The only thing that bugged me I would me say a third monkey, bit. am I right? Can yeah. we get that on the record? Uh, you know what's weird? And I remember... Uh, uh, Gunner Peterson. So I, I think the only movie that Stallone didn't train with Gunner was that movie. And uh, Gunner's like, yeah, he didn't. He, he didn't look as good as he normally did. And I'm like, Gunner, you just saying that? He's like, nah, he wasn't in shape the way he was normally in shape. Gunner got him right every time. So I think you know the real star of this thing and the guy that probably should have won an Academy Award Gunner was Gunner Peterson getting Stallone in shape for all these movies. He asked him, I was like, cliffhanger. He's like, oh yeah. And I'm like, god damn it. That was the best. When he's like, what are you doing? Just hanging around. Like one finger on the top of a cliff. Fucking best movie ever. Ooh. I just looked ahead. So I saw the new Suicide Squad. Pretty damn good. And Stallone plays like essentially like the I am Groot of this crew. Mm-hmm. It's like a giant shark. You can't understand what's going on. But Oh, yeah. Know, he plays King it. Shark? King Shark, yeah. And How do you not know these DC movies? I am. Uh, you know, if you got on the CW and you got in with all these... Uh, That's exactly why I don't. Uh, DC characters, you would know a little bit more about these people. I King Shark's a villain. We know him. Want to. Uh, you know what? I like Give it time. the Batman. I like the Batman. It's good. Uh, yeah. Christopher Nolan. Uh, and the new one. I think it's called The Batman. Well, what, we, we is, got Expendables 4. Is, is that the one with the, uh, the kid from Twilight? Uh, he's a man now. Robert Pattinson. Did you see Tenant? You probably didn't see Tenant. No, I'm not a fan. I wasn't until I saw Tenant. 
and he crushed it. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll go I out imagine, with an open mind. Yeah, I imagine you're going to watch and then get blown away. The Yeah. Anyway, if you want to check out this austere training that Rocky yep. did for Rambo 4, check out academy.powerathletehq.com or powerathletehq slash third dash monkey for the training program. If you want to explore more, deep dive academy. If you just want to hit it, get sweaty, get strong, get jacked, training's the way to go. Yeah. Third monkey. If you got questions, send them to info at Power Athlete HQ, or you can hit us on Instagram at John Wellborn at McQuilkin. That's right. Thank you for another episode of the Premier Podcast in Strength and Conditioning. The Premier Podcast in Strength and Conditioning, Power Athlete. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!